Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I.co. Hey guys, on today's episode, Noel and I are going to talk about appreciative inquiry, how and why coaching works. Noel, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm a little sleep deprived and um, just going through it. You know, I'm a, I'm a dad now, which is it's really weird to say out loud, but uh, leaning into it. It is weird. You know, you you started referring to yourself as a dad before Logan was born, and it was weird then, and it's weird now. Yeah, it's um, it's more weird now because you're actually holding the baby and looking into her eyes. Um, <laughs> now she was still alive in the in the stomach, and 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 that's that's still amazing. But when you actually are touching little fingers and cleaning diapers and stuff, shit gets very real very fast. <laughs> so literally, shit gets real. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm Mr. Mom for for the next few months. So we'll see. Oh, that's so awesome. And you know, I think this really kind of flows into our our topic today because appreciative inquiry as unsexy as it sounds appreciative inquiry right it's a coaching process it's a coaching method it's a very well-known method that was developed in the 80s really involves searching for the best in people through discovery of really specifically what gives life to someone when they're at a peak state of flourishing. Mm, I love that. That sounds, it sounds like uh, we should be applying appreciative inquiry to not only um, everyone around us, but also to ourselves. Oh yeah. And, and it's for the self. I mean, it's something that we use as coaches, but, you know, really pulling back. And, and I think so much of this is what really inspired the entire field of applied positive psychology, really peeling back and saying, well, you know, what does it even mean to be at a peak state of flourishing? So, you know, new dad, John, uh, I invite you kind of looking at this amazing once in a lifetime time in your life. What about this has has been? been flourishing for you? What has given you peak states? Um, it comes in moments. Um, it also, I, I think when you become a parent for the first time, uh, it changes your in, your lenses instantly. So uh, your perspective uh, on life, what's important, you start shuffling, you know, what really matters to you. Uh, it, I mean, just, just your whole, the way that you see the world changes very quickly. That's awesome. And uh, George the Jog just sauntered into the room and he's taking a long, <laughs> <laughs> a long drink of water. John had practice with George the Dog for a day or two yeah. parenting. George is yeah. um, no- Noel's uh, child. <laughs> he's my fur baby. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, the, the thing that I wanted to hit on today with appreciative inquiry isn't actually the process. The process is what we teach in the journey coaching intensive. And if you guys want to learn how to become coaches and you want to learn all of these awesome processes, um, come see us and come learn. But today, what I want to highlight is that every coaching process actually has theory behind it supported by some sort of theoretical concept. And a theoretical concept is an abstract way of looking at the world in an academic discipline. 
And so, uh, you know, that's where evidence-based coaching comes from. You know, we're not just pulling out these processes and methods and concepts and saying, hey, we made this up, we're right. This has come from a really long tradition of study. And the theories that support appreciative inquiry are really cool. Yeah. How do you uh, how do you take what you just said and kind of um, bring it to street level for people like me, uh, especially people who are, are interested in coaching? Yeah. So um, coaching feels like magic, but mm -hmm. it's actually science. Right. Right. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> one sentence. Yeah, <laughs> one sentence. Done and done. Um, so the first principle, the first theory that I want to hit on is called the constructionist principle. And it's this idea that words create worlds. Mm. Yeah. As a writer, I, I love that. It's very powerful. Yeah. Very true and, too. And, 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 and think about it. I was thinking about it, you know, from a perspective of how you've been um, a screenwriter during chapters in your life, you've yeah. literally been creating worlds with different words. Yes, absolutely. Um, creating uh, worlds and dialogue and act breaks, um, losing myself in those worlds for uh, about a decade. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about this and saying, wow, if, if one human can sit down and write a screenplay and create this whole world and lose yourself in it, you know, what do the words that we hear, the words that we tell ourselves, the way that we've been taught and spoken to, how does that actually create our reality? Yeah. I mean, I think this also goes with um, how we talk to ourselves and, and most people, uh, just from the clients that I've helped, um, they're, they're not careful with their words. There's no intention behind their words. Their words are usually a default that's based on um, their story, how they were raised, all the shit that's happened. And so the way that they talk to themselves is, is usually um, not good. It's not good. And, yeah. and your clients aren't unique. I think that this is um, symptomatic of most humans and most adult humans. So, well, when you have a coach that actually starts to correct something as simple as uh, words and the way that you talk to yourself in language, that alignment, you know, that adjustment itself can, can actually be really powerful. Oh, yeah. So when I teach this in our own intensive, the way that I like to describe it is that when you're born, and I think I've probably said this on the podcast before, you have a box on your head. It's a cardboard box. And inside that box, you have definitions of who you are, the level of education you can receive, how far you can physically travel in life, who you can love, what you can wear, what you should look like, the music you should listen to, um, your relationship with art and literature and life and priority, right? It's all mm -hmm. taught to you. Um, but in reality, you can take that box off of your head and look out into the expanse of limitless existence. Mm. And that's really scary. Yeah. And so as a coach, that's what you're doing with your clients when you lean into the constructionist principle. You're saying, hey, I'm noticing that you're walking around with this box on your head and there's some junk in that box. Do you want to take it off? Can you as a coach be really good at doing that if your your personal practice of doing that is not so good? Yes. Yeah. And and I want to really emphasize this because I think a lot of people are afraid to coach because they feel that they're not doing well in their own personal lives or these practices aren't things that they're really great at. But um, you can actually be a really good coach even if you struggle with some of this stuff. 
Oh yeah. And I, you know, I, I am notorious for being so hard on myself. That's feedback that I hear from almost every single aspect of my life. But as a coach, I'm really good at taking that box off of other people's heads. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I recently started doing is whenever I am able to catch myself an awareness with negative self-talk, I just say, no, thank you. Mm, I like that. No, thank you. No, thank you. It's been really effective. It's been really effective. So that's the constructionist principle. And and we have to be aware of it because it is what um, allows people to stay stuck with limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And limiting beliefs are what keep us stuck from, you know, moving in life. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. In a big way. And kind of skipping around here, um, I want to pull up next the poetic principle. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that flows really nicely from the constructionist principle. So the poetic principle is that humans can learn anything. We can always learn and we can choose what we study and we are like open books and what we choose to bring into our brains and focus on describes and even creates the world as we know it. Yeah, I mean, especially today where um, learning is infinite and at our fingertips. Yes, yes. And so this principle, the, the very fact that humans can choose what we study has massive implications in coaching in two directions. So number one, you can at any moment stop, drop, change direction, learn something new, and change your life. Mm. And number two, this applies to your story. Yeah, um, I think so many people need to hear that because uh, there's a lot of people today. um, And, you know, I'm a late bloomer, right? I got divorced at 35, went back to school at at like 36, um, felt like I was the, 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 uh, the kid that got held back. And I think a lot of people today... Uh, in in jobs that they don't like or they're just not happy in life but feel that they can't do something new because of their age or they're stuck in something and that's completely not true especially today where uh, you could change at 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 any point in your life change your your life period you can change your life period and you know when we're when we're dropping this down to the way that we view ourselves through the constructionist theory and then, okay, poetic principle, what are you going to do about it? So coaching clients don't always come with a positive life story. And most people aren't good at seeing their reality or their past or their future in the positive. Oh, yeah. I mean, most people um, want to rip out chapters from their past. Most people don't believe that they could have the kind of life that that they envision. Um, most, yeah, for most people, their, their whole, uh, projection on life is that I can't and you know it's 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 all negative oh yeah and so you know I think coaches especially baby coaches feel this pressure to really move into action with their clients what are we doing where are we going but unless you've really taken the time to understand how somebody relates to the concept of learning and rewriting their story and what they want to go and looking at the strengths that they've had and and starting to look at their reality in a ways that shows them the diamonds and the gold right alongside of the mud and the guck, you're not going to be able to get to those action steps. Yeah. And also it takes time, you know, just because you point out things, uh, the silver lining, or you're able to reframe with your client doesn't mean that in that 50 minutes, um, they're going to start thinking that way. 
No, but it, it gives them a start. Right. And, and sometimes that start, that spark is what people need. So, you know, sometimes it takes a 10 to 20 second pause in, into a, a realm of positivity to get that nervous system to calm down and to get that endocrine system to start pumping with feel good hormones. And so when, when we start to feel good and we start to look at our reality from a positive perspective, it actually increases our capacity to focus. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the nervous system because um, I think coaching isn't just a logical thing that I think that uh, the best coaches work with you as a whole person, um, help you drop into your body, help you uh, maneuver less in a fight or flight, right? And I think that like for me, that's kind of been the, the game changer is is uh, being um, constantly in fight or flight and my nervous system going crazy to finally uh, being able to control it and and making it more where I, you know I, I'm I'm not in a panic state. Oh, I see that, and and just the span of years that we have been on this journey together, it's it's I think both of us have begun to experience that. Yeah, and that, you know, and part of that is just you know getting older in life and 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 wiser. But I really think um, coaching it can can actually expedite that process so you don't have to wait till you're like me 46 <laughs> to calm down well it's about time it's and about you time. know welcome um, right. so you know so this next one i think is really going to knock your socks off and lend um a lot of aha moments to what you might have been thinking and feeling about what has brought on all of this change for you um so this is the positivity principle and it looks at how we really gain momentum for large-scale change and it actually requires large amounts of positive emotions and social bonding this is the positivity principle positive emotions and social bonding give us the momentum for large-scale change so describe social bonding what do you mean by that talking about in person with friends what do you mean all of it yeah. all of it you know this these are theories that apply to many aspects of life in coaching the way that we use this theory is to generate momentum through positive questions that amplify your client's capacity to see the good and mm. potential in their own lives but if we're talking about friendships if we're talking about partnerships if we're talking about your relationship with your daughter you know, this is you're you're getting massive amounts of oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine every time you hold that little baby. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's very potent. It comes in moments, but it erases the the uh, the lack of sleep and the changing diapers in like a millisecond when you're making eye contact with a. a, a a, a human that you help create. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, also one of the things that we get with positive emotions and social bonding is the neurobiological definition of love. It's created in micro moments, micro moments of mutual care. Yeah. Uh, and this, again, I could relate to on so many levels, but I used to live a life when I was screenwriting. I used to, to, to live on an island. You know, I was the I was Tom Hanks talking to a volleyball. I would spend about 14 hours a day by myself in my head, had no social bonding, um, none of this positive principle, always saw the world as negative and 
and, and just walked in, you know, dread and worry. And today, you know, I, I feel like my life is uh, so much better because of people like um, Noel and uh, my all my my uh, my fitness friends and you know my, my little entrepreneurs group and and all the these relationships and uh, just human contact and uh, that social engagement has just been like it actually creates life. It creates life and and it creates momentum for sustained positive change. There is such a thing as a positivity tipping point. And I think that you're there. I think you've hit your positivity tipping point. When someone inhabits through the consistent inducement of positive emotions and social bonding, um, a positive mental state that flows through you, you start to set your life up in a way where your focused awareness is on that which is good. I think also, you know, the social part is important because if you surround yourself with people who are positive and curious and uh, ambitious and passionate and all that, uh, you're going to to just it's going to rub off on you, you know? Oh, yeah. And and that's from in scientific terms, that's called social contagion, that you you actually take on the characteristics of those around you. Um, and that flows really nicely into another one of the theories that supports this work, which is the anticipatory principle. So if we're thinking about, you know, anticipation, this is your future. What are you anticipating? That when you think about your future and where you want to go, you will move in the direction of what you imagine. Mm. Yeah. So is it when you say thinking, what is what is that process like? So human systems move in the direction of the images they see, whether right. that's in your head or um, this is also the science, you know, behind why vision boards work, why narrative interventions around future visioning work. And, you know, the more positive and hopeful the image that you hold of the future, the more positive and action focused your present day reality will be. Yeah. And, you know, this reminds me of like those old school uh, self-help books where at the end of the day, it's about what what you see you can achieve. You know? Yes. It, it, it's all about um, having a vision and then intention and lighting that intention with action, you know, allowing your your what you see to be the rudder to guide you on your journey. Yes. And, you know, I, and just kind of being reflective, you know, I don't know that you know you and i say often that we never planned to end up right here exactly mm -hmm. as we are in our current reality mm -hmm. but if i'm thinking back maybe you know seven years ago when we first started we kind of had a future vision that was gonna that was like this yeah absolutely it, it, it wasn't too far off. And I remember there being touchstones along the way, um, you know, when we were sitting in the hog shed in Minnesota and, mm -hmm. you know, just when just having those like really clear check-ins, like what are we doing, where are we going and why? Yeah, there's so much power, I think. Um, and of course, science behind seeing something and running toward that. 
Yeah. And so, you know, again, these are, are broad based theories that you can use in, in whatever way you choose. So if you're using this um, in your personal life, it might be talking with your partner about what you both want life to look like five, 10 years from now, hopes and dreams you have for your child. If you're using this in a coaching context, focusing your clients on a future vision sets the end goal for coaching. And then you can work to identify action steps to move backwards. Yeah. And hopefully um, we, as you listen to our podcast episodes, we demystify coaching. You know, we're able to kind of pull the curtain back so you could see that coaching at the end of the day is a conversation, but with um, tools like this and simple to- tools, you know, they're not things that uh, are super complicated and dense, but uh, they're actually pretty simple. They are pretty simple. And if you're sitting at home and thinking, well, you know, I have no access to, I don't have a partner like John or Noel, or, you know, I don't have folks to do this with, this is why we built the Journey Coaching Community. All of these principles, um, from the constructionist principle of, you know, poking holes in your limiting beliefs, to the poetic principle of rewriting your story to reclaim it, to, you know, looking towards the future, um, to craft your future vision. All of this is what we do in our collective. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coaches doing it together. Yeah. So if you're interested in any of this stuff, um, maybe not even as a coach, but also uh, for yourself, uh, come check us out. Yes. Journey.co. We're around. Thanks, Noel. All right, guys. Be well. All right, John. Take care. Uh, Bye. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noel's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited, and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.